0: is an uprising against smug elites smug elites so they're the villains and the opposite is america because america is now one big gay disco
1: yes
0: yes that's not that's not evil being hostile to all mankind and subversive is not evil To say mm. that because saint paul said the jews are enemies of the entire human race they are what do you think of
2: jordan mm. peterson
0: uh, did you see the video about where he said i can't do it One day gay disco. adam i'm trying to do you a favor you're fighting for the gay disco don't make your ignorance normative for the rest Die of it. For the gay disco.
1: Don't, don't use those mm. kinds of slurs you're on fighting it. For the gay
0: disco. what uh, there are there no slurs here Die Most requested guest, uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones, a man who needs no introduction. I mean, it is. That's what they—that's what they pay the Rockefeller Foundation to. Do. Uh, you're not supposed to know what I just told you. One big gay disco. They didn't know about this. They didn't know what we know now. Is there any argument you
2: can use to wake him up?
0: Yeah, I think that God had a plan for your life.
3: Well, you'd be jerking off to every curvy
2: piece of driftwood you saw at the beach. Fight the
0: people who don't Disco. maybe you would and you're consistently refusing to talk about pornography
2: uh people yes. seems to be the
0: exhibit a of that process yes yes because you think that the anus is a sex organ don't you pete One big day. Disco. uh richard spencer hands out spears and he says charge the machine gun nest." dr jones sorry <laughs> <laughs> All of the heads of the Federal Reserve were Jews, but after a certain period of time, uh, that seemed to be the case. Hello and welcome. Today is Good Friday. I hope you participated in the Good Friday service today uh, as I did uh, earlier. The whole story of Christ's uh, passion and death being reenacted across the world now by Christians, by the Catholic Church. Uh, and uh, we had um, the privilege of going to uh, the service at uh, St. Matthew's Cathedral in South Bend, where we had a reading of the uh, entire uh, Passion, according to St. John. Now, uh, I don't know where you are, but where I am, uh, suddenly uh, the, going to church and listening to the gospel is now fraught with peril for the catholics who knew that it was so dangerous to go to the catholic uh, catholic church uh, uh, and attend the good friday service well i know because there is was a message in the Missalette, uh, which i will read to you uh, this is from the bishop's committee on ecumenical and Interreligious affairs. It comes right after the reading of the Gospel of Saint John, and it says, "The message of the liturgy in proclaiming the Passion narratives in full is to enable the assembly to see vividly the love of Christ for each person, despite their sins, a love that even death could not vanquish." The crimes during the Passion of Christ cannot be attributed indiscriminately to all Jews of that time. Did anyone ever in the history of the Catholic Church say that uh, the Blessed Mother uh, shouted crucify him to uh, uh, along with the masses of Jews who did shout that? Did anyone ever say that? Well, the, the bishops here are just stating the obvious, okay? There were a certain group of uh, Jews there who had accepted Jesus Christ as their Messiah, and they did not shout, crucify him. Okay? They go on to say, nor to Jews today. The Jewish people should not be referred to as though rejected or cursed, as if this view followed from Scripture. What are they talking about here? I'm perplexed here. I think they're talking about the the passage in matthew uh, 28 we didn't read that passion this time but uh in which the jews uh pilate is trying to get jesus let jesus off the hook it's obvious he doesn't like the idea of killing some man for with whom he can find no fault and so he um, he uh presents them with an option Uh, you can uh, I'm going to release a prisoner you make the choice between Barabbas and Jesus Christ and the Jews choose Barabbas the revolutionary and in doing that they become uh, what they have been to this day namely revolutionaries trying to uh, attacking the Logos because they killed the Logos incarnate so what did they say after they chose Barabbas they said about Jesus Christ his blood be on us and on our children. Well, it seems to me that we are talking about the Jews to this day. And that's what they said then. If you go to uh, look up uh, Jewish uh, comedy uh, in our day, you can find a video of Sarah Silverman saying, yeah, we killed Christ and I do it again. It sounds to me as if we have the same issue uh, then, uh, now as we had then. The Jewish people should not be referred to as though rejected or cursed, as if this followed from scripture. What do you mean, rejected or cursed? The Jews rejected Christ. That's what's going on here. And as long as they perdure in that rejection of Christ, they are going to be in some type of rebellion. And now, is this a curse? Is this a curse? Who said it was a curse? Curse is something from the outside that you put on someone you don't like. This is not, this attitude is not coming from the outside of anywhere. It's coming from the Jewish people. It's coming from the heart of the Jewish people. Uh, that's what's going on here. The Jewish rejection of Logos, uh, the Jewish responsibility for Jesus, the killing of Jesus Christ, perdures to this day. St. Paul said. The Jews are the people that killed Christ. That's an important distinction here, because when you say the people who killed Christ, you're talking about a political entity and not something that means every single Jew in Jerusalem then or every single Jew in Jerusalem now. That's what we're talking about. That's what he said. He said the Jews are the people that killed Christ. This is 1 Thessalonians 2 and they are enemies of the entire human race there's no way to get around this saint paul was a jew he knew whereof he spoke this document goes on to continue the church ever keeps in mind that jesus his mother mary and the apostles were jewish great what does that mean what does it mean if we say the word jewish Especially now when the bishops are writing that statement. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that the Jews are the children of Moses and they are faithful followers of the Torah? Do we mean, do the bishops mean that the Jews are the children of Moses when they say that the Mary and the apostles were Jewish? Well, if they do mean that, they are contradicting the gospel of St. John which said in chapter eight, when Jesus Christ confronted the Jews, which is a term that gets used 71 times in the gospel of St. John, when Jesus Christ confronted them, he said, your father is Satan. And then they say, well, we're children of Moses. We're the seed of Abraham. And Jesus said, well, if you were children of Moses, you would rejoice at this moment because Moses was waiting for this day. So the Jews are not children of Moses. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean when you say his mother Mary, Jesus, his mother Mary, and the apostles were all Jewish? Do you mean Jewish as we understand the word today? Where the Jewish Encyclopedia says that the Talmud is the heart of the Jewish people? Which, which Jews are we talking about here? The Jews that follow the Torah faithfully and were the children of Moses and accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah when he came on this earth? Or the Jews who follow the Talmud, which says that Jesus Christ was a bastard, uh, his mother was a whore, and that he's now buried up to his neck in burning excrement, boiling excrement in hell. Which Jews are we talking about? They don't make any distinctions here. As the church has always held, the document continues, Christ freely suffered his passion and death because of the sins of all that all might be saved have you heard this before it wasn't the jews who crucified christ it was sinners who crucified christ now if you go back to uh the council of trent uh, you can have this straight up and it will say you know sinners killed uh, it was our sins that were responsible for death sin was responsible for death sinners were responsible for the death of jesus christ Okay, I can understand that, but I don't understand this as some type of exculpation of the Jews because it cannot possibly be that unless you uh, take this. uh, If we do a Venn diagram, here we have sinners and here we have Jews. Now, are you trying to tell me that there is no overlap here between these two categories? That's preposterous. And so if you're using this idea of sinners killed or responsible for the death of Christ as a way of exculpating Jews, you're wrong. It is not because in order to say that, you would have to say no Jew is a sinner, which is preposterous. And so we're back at the same old story here of the Jews killed Christ. The Jews are the people, as St. Paul said, they are the people who killed christ and they are enemies of the entire human race now if you read these type of uh, explanations here uh you have the impression that uh, the catholics are ready to rush out uh, uh, after their good friday service and beat up jews this is a this is a figment of the jewish imagination that has been unfortunately imposed on the catholic bishops now, I'm not just talking about the Catholic bishops of the United States. I'm not just talking about bishops. It, at this point in time, this for this Lent and this Holy Week, the Catholic people have been subjected to an unprecedented barrage from their own bishops, accusing them of all being a bunch of violent anti-Semites. I'm not kidding here. This isn't just... Uh, this American bishop's statement in the, in the manuscript. Um, the Australian bishops kind of uh, outdid themselves here. I mean, if you think the American bishop's statement is bad, then you should read uh, Walking Together, which is the Australian bishop's statement. Okay? Because in this document, uh, the Australian bishops get to the heart of the matter at least their matter or what they're trying to say when they claim quote later portraits of the Pharisees by the gospel evangelists are not historically accurate. What did, did I just hear what I think I heard? The Australian bishops are telling us that the gospels are not historically accurate. Where did they get this idea? If you read uh, what we read today, uh, we read, uh, this is a narrator of the gospel of St. John, uh, oh, talks about uh, the soldiers coming and breaking the legs of the two thieves, uh, but uh, they didn't do that to Jesus. They took out the Longinus, I guess that's the guy's name, took out a lance and pierced Christ's side, And out of that side flowed blood and water. Okay. And then we read, an eyewitness has testified and his testimony is true. He knows that that he is speaking the truth so that you may come to believe. For this happens so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says they will look upon him whom they have pierced. Well, who's right here? Is St. John a liar? Uh, it says here that what he says is true. That's in the gospel. His followers said what he said is true. He's an eyewitness. He was there at the foot of the cross. He watched everything. And this testimony is true. Well, what are the bishop, Australian bishops telling us? Later portraits of the Pharisees by the gospel evangelists are not historically accurate. Who do they think they are? who do you think you are to call saint john the evangelist a liar now this is all justified uh, in name of vatican ii specifically the doctor uh, document nostra tate if they had really read vatican ii uh, when before they wrote uh, walking together uh they would have read uh the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation which was also promulgated by second vatican council and that document tells us that we must acknowledge that the books of scripture firmly faithfully and without error teach that truth which god for the sake of our salvation wished to see confided to the sacred scriptures wait a minute the bishops just issued a statement that contradicts not only vatican II; it contradicts the gospel when they say it's not this the gospel is not historically accurate why is this going on here why is this going on i'll give you the answer the answer is catholic jewish dialogue over the period of the past 60 years The Catholics have engaged in dialogue with the Jews, which has led to one catastrophe after another as the Jews just zero in on the Catholics and a kind of march through the institutions to get the Catholics to deny the gospel. That is the whole point from the Jewish perspective of Catholic-Jewish dialogue. That's what they have succeeded in doing here. This is serious. There has never been a time in the history of the church where the Catholic bishops uh, have denied so flagrantly fundamental truths of the Catholic faith, including the veracity of scriptures. This is a sign of serious crisis in the church. It's a sign that the church is not proclaiming the gospel when it comes to this issue. And it's a sign that we have to have some type of radical course correction. Anyway, that's my rant. Let's hear what you have to say.
3: All right, hello all once again on this somber Good Friday. Uh, My name is Mike Bajakis, I'm Dr. Jones' assistant. For those who don't know, um, we have Collins, the Collins section. Um, Collins are made via our Telegram channel, the link is in description. For everyone who is watching on the various platforms. Um, In Telegram, I will call on those who raise their hands. And then later in the stream, we'll read off text questions uh, from uh, Cozy and Telegram. There are no super chats required. No paid super chats at all. Try to keep to one question. uh, Try to be on subject and try to be respectful of time. And do not forget to unmute yourself. Okay. That's my rant. Let's get to Telegram here. One moment. Here we are. All right. MV, go
0: ahead. Wait. Go ahead. Hey, Dr. Jones. Yes. Just, just want to say, um, well, first of all, thank you for everything you've uh, written and your podcasts, videos. Uh, learning what I've learned from you, whenever a political situation comes up or something going on with our religion, it feels like I have X-ray vision now. Thanks to what I know. Thanks. Well, thank you. That. Thank you. Um, In the service today, I noticed that the readings left out the part that said, let his blood be on our hands. And I don't know if you know when that changed, but I remember that. I'm not sure when it changed. No, wait, no, wait, stop, stop. They did not leave it out. That's in Matthew. That's not in John. The the, The gospel today was read from John. It does not have that passage. That's in Matthew. So nothing was left out.
3: Okay. All right. I was confused. Thank you. appreciate that. That's all I have. All
1: right, next we have Luke. Uh, go ahead.
2: Oh, hello, sir. How are you going? I good. hope you had a good Friday. Um, I have uh, one, f- one small favor to ask. Would you be able to put me in contact with your um, Catholic, Catholic News Service uh, press contacts for a story about Australia, which could end sodomite marriage? And um, I actually have some, after that, I'll have some, that could be used to level the playing field against the um, ADL which is imposing a very strict interpretation of hate speech laws which includes saying uh, Jews have special privileges in society other people don't have which can be forensically proven right um, I've found a document
0: but, but first, first, of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, to answer your question, say, contact me at jones at culturewars.com. Yeah, and, I, did, and,
2: and, I did two weeks ago about something, but I didn't get a response. But I, I put a message in the I'm first sorry. response to the uh, show today okay. about this matter in Australia.
0: Okay. All right. Go ahead. Contact me again at jones at culturewars.com. I don't know why I didn't receive your first email, but uh, some. I just oh, that's off.
2: interesting. Yeah, maybe it's the feds because it's, it's very, very damaging for them. It, it brings down the police. All right. Yeah. Um, it's in the, the message is in telegram. The other question is, is I saw a report in Australia about, uh, hate speech laws and, um, Kirsten Hilton, the former head of the Victorian human rights commission said pedophile cults that have a doctrine of pedophilia don't deserve hate speech laws. And that ties in with what I said, uh, a month ago on your show about the uh, Jews and Mets it's up uh, a pair. So, um, this could be an avenue to uh, lawfully campaign and defend yourself against free speech law our uh, hate speech laws if they're used against us for criticizing Jewry, yeah. or Zionism, right, for that matter, because they say it's a hate speech to be against Zionism too. Okay, but their interpretation is it's nuts.
0: Okay, I think.
2: So, wh- what are wh- your thoughts on using that?
0: Uh, I, I first of all, I think that there is a a huge campaign across the world now to impose. Uh, Jewish hate speech laws on the entire world because the their empire is falling apart uh, as we speak. And when things get to the point where they lose control of the narrative, they want to p- impose it by rule of law. And so Canada is now going through uh, a similar situation. Canada, they have a, a ter- absolutely terrible law on the books. Something is being proposed in the United States. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, so I'm not surprised that something similar would be happening in Australia. I on the other hand
2: just banned the swastika in Australia, the Buddhist swastika. Um so and then the law says Buddhists are innocent I sorry guilty until proven innocent. So they've rebranded their two, three thousand, four thousand year old symbol as Nazi. So maybe we <laughs> I actually confronted the politicians on Twitter about it and went out to a um a uh, Buddhist temple in Vietnam, and then did the 2,000 uh, year old ancient Roman salute next to the uh, swastika that goes the other way that you usually think Buddhist swastikas go because it does go both, both ways. And um, I actually found out the the, the Jews, when they were at the, the Victorian Parliament vilification inquiry, I got the hand side and the receipts for this, they were triggered by Vietnamese imported Buddhist tiles getting into a government building. And they said, we can't have these right. racist Buddhists. Yeah, it's insane.
0: You're right. It is. It's a desperation, uh, acts of desperation, because the Jews don't know what to do when they lose control of the narrative because they have no ex- experience engaging in rational discourse. This is precisely the problem we're having with the United States government right now. you got a guy, uh, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, who doesn't know how to negotiate. That's his job. So I'm saying it's across the board. It's a problem across the board. I'm also saying that uh, in term, Twitter, I've had huge attacks on me for what I've said on Twitter. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things I said about Steven Spielberg has gotten over a million views uh, and uh, tw- Twitter is holding firm. They have not, they, uh, everything that they've brought up against me has been rejected. I get notices saying Twitter, uh, we've examined the complaint and you did not violate the law, uh, Twitter rules or the laws of the state of Germany. So I'm saying, uh, from my point of view, that we're moving forward here. We are establishing, uh, at least de facto, probably not de jure, because there is no law here. uh, But de facto, you can that there is things that you can say, you can criticize Jews, and you're not automatically uh, disqualified for doing it. So that's what I'm saying. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm the argument that I'm making here to the Catholic Church. I don't how uh, I'd like to see some type of movement there as well, but uh, we're talking about a huge super tanker that's going to take a long time to turn around. Anyway, thank you.
3: Okay, uh, next we have G Boss. Go ahead.
4: Uh, hello, Doctor Jones. I uh, thank you very much for a good uh friday um live stream here uh i think when my question is it, it kind of relates to the uh previous question but uh it's more or less centered in the united states so i think um my question to you dr jones is in regards to uh the censorship laws that we see in germany especially when it t- when it comes to the jewish question so and how strict those laws are in germany and like in other parts of europe are we, could we be seeing that here in the United States? and if
0: so, uh, what is your I guess response to that? Yes, we are seeing it. They're, they're not going the, the ADL has over a hundred million dollar budget and they're using all of this budget to basically pressure everyone to bad, demonize or make a, a criminal uh, make any criticism of Jews a criminal offense. They are desperate. They're losing control. The American empire is falling apart. They are are responsible for it. Robert Kennedy, who just announced that he's going to run for president, has announced that the Jews are responsible for the collapse of the uh, American empire, except he didn't say the word Jew. He said the word neoconservative, which is now a code word for Jew. It's acceptable code word for Jew so at moments like this when everything falls apart you're going to find desperation on the part of the jews and they're going to try and uh do things that uh, are, are not going to succeed they're not going to succeed so i think that we just have exactly. to we, we have we have to proceed rationally okay we can't panic we can't in frustration start saying stupid things we have to proceed rationally uh with entities like the catholic church and basically, bring up questions like, "Is it a sin to criticize Jews?" Because we need to clarify this issue. Because the big, uh, the whole campaign, the Catholic campaign that I've been talking about here, is based on uh, a sentence in Nostra which says uh, the Church opposes all forms of anti-Semitism. Well, they never defined anti-Semitism. So, what are we ne- what are we talking about here? We have to define these terms in order to move forward in a rational way.
4: That's exactly the point, because if we keep going on this type of path where like because in some places like in Europe and like France or Germany, like unlike here, where like in the United States, you can like, I don't know, get uh, your account banned. Like that's the highest in some in a lot of cases In parts of Europe, you can go to jail for even like questioning like certain things, especially in regards to Jews or um, other narratives and stuff like that. So, you know, it right. is really good that, like, we have to, you know, focus on, like, making sure that doesn't happen over here in North America. And so that, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for, like, a lot of people in Germany and whatnot. But but here in the United States, especially where, you know, we're so proud of our uh, so-called liberty and freedom, you know, it, it would be a, 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 a damn shame to see uh, such a thing happen here. Yeah. So, you know, thank you, Dr. Jones, for that. You're welcome.
3: Uh, if I could really quickly interject, Dr. Jones, if, if you had a definition, a Catholic definition of anti-Semite, you know, if it was what, what would that what would that be?
0: It's the original definition of the term, which is basically that uh, their are uh, the Jew- Jewish uh, people are defined by their DNA. They have defective DNA. And so they can't help themselves but be uh, subversive people because of, of a form of biological determinism. That's what antisemitism means. That's what Wilhelm Marr was talking about when he came up with the term in 1870, 1871, because he he was a revolutionary. He didn't want to use the classic uh, Catholic arguments. Uh, So he came up with this biological determinist argument. It makes no sense. If you go to uh, traditional discussions, Catholic discussions of antisemitism, they will say basically, well, look, everybody, there's a big drama going on here. In Jerusalem, at the time of Christ, and you got two groups who are duking it out. They're battling each other. It's the Jews who accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and the Jews who rejected uh, Christ as the Logos incarnate. Uh, They're both. They both have the same DNA. They are indistinguishable from each other racially, and so racial distinctions make no difference here. So, if you were to say that the Gospels are anti-Jewish, well, you're right. You're absolutely right. The Gospel of St. John is anti-Jewish. There's no question about it because it's it's that conflict that I just described to you. Uh, but whenever they say that, there's always a sleight of hand that switches to anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic means racial, and suddenly you've got the Catholics guilty of uh, racial hate crimes. That's what has to be clarified. That's the distinction that has to be made. And we were not. we should not allow ourselves to be railroaded into a position that we don't take
3: all right uh to the questions here we go telegram dark child
0: go ahead can you hear me hello can you hear me i can
2: okay uh i know you just touched on this a couple questions ago about rfk jr running for president i just want to get your opinion on like do you think he can win do you think he'll get on the debate stage what's your overall opinion on him running for president because i I personally think like it's a pretty big deal um so that's my question
0: i do too i think it's a very big deal i think that uh, the democratic uh party the nominee has never been weaker i mean the biden administration is a complete disaster Look at all the the bad things that have happened under when Biden was president, beginning with Afghanistan, to the the whole losing of the Eurasian landmass, the bank crisis. you got a a whole group of Jews who are completely incompetent and can't do their job, and they're running the country. Josh Hawley already said it about the attorney general. He can only prosecute Catholics who are pro-lifers, can't go after Jewish uh, criminals, financial criminals. Alexander Mayorkas can't keep the border uh, closed. Al- Janet Yellen can't keep the banks from uh, collapsing. And and uh, Anthony Blinken can't talk to anybody. And he's losing the... Uh, so all he can do is talk to fellow Jews like uh, Zelensky uh, and the, the war is turning into a catastrophe. And it will be the biggest uh, debacle in American history. And, and so no one's, th- th- this administration, the incumbent has never been weaker. And John, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy has really come up as a leader largely because of COVID. I mean, we knew he was involved in vaccines, but we didn't understand really what the relevance was of vaccines until the COVID crisis came. And he came out, uh, he had to be banned and so on and so forth. So I think it's a very big deal. He he's He's expressing this same type of frustration from the point of view of, probably his father, Uh, he thinks that I get the sense he thinks the American empire was a good idea and that they ruined. But I mean, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, these group of people, the group of people he calls the neoconservatives and I'm calling the Jews, have ruined it. They have wrecked uh, this country. And someone is going to have to stand up to him and and express that before it's too late. And I think that the the very latest moment is going to be the 2024 election. I don't think the Democrats can afford to go into this election with Joe Biden as their standard bearer. I don't think they can can afford to do that. And I think that Kennedy knows that. And I think he sees his moment of opportunity because of that. Thank you, Dr. Jones. You're welcome.
3: Next, we have Amy Smith. Uh, Go ahead. Hello. Don't forget to unmute, Amy.
4: Sorry, sorry. Some people would be new maybe to listening to you and what you were speaking about could be kind of discouraging as far as the church leadership. So I just would like to hear your pitch about staying and what's the best people can do at a local level as a small one person i mean you're obviously reaching a lot of people and writing a lot but what can a regular parishioner do to help encourage courage and faith uh so that we don't um you know allow the veto of jewish power over our faith and our doctrine yeah
0: so i'm saying so the documents that i quoted were Uh, documents from the Bishop's Conference in the United States and the Bishop's Conference in Australia. These are bureaucratic entities that don't have a whole lot to do with the actual uh, uh, administration of parishes. Now, obviously, this is part of a a, a plan, but for the actual administration of the sacraments has no, no influence whatsoever. It's it's going to the people. So you go to the mass. The mass is celebrated. Even even at, at, at Notre Dame, I went there yesterday uh, uh, to the to the basilica. Even there, the the liturgy is straightforward. The the sermon was uh, orthodox. Okay, the way they run the university is a completely different issue, which I deal with. I'm dealing with in the next issue of uh, Culture Wars. But I'm saying that the big picture here is that Jesus Christ is inviting you to uh, share with him and his graces and the vehicle that he established for the transmission of those graces are the sacraments of the Catholic Church. And they have not been affected by all of these ideological movements and uh, this this, this failed experiment known as Catholic Jewish dialogue. And so what I said before applies now, the parable, the crucial parable is Christ asleep in the boat. The church is being tossed about by storms right now. There's no question about it. There's one crisis after another. Uh, uh, and, and Jesus, it seems as if he's asleep. And, and we're at the point where we're ready to go back to the back of the boat and saying, don't you care that we're all going to die? That's the way we feel. Where is Christ? Why is Christ asleep when we're having this big storm? Well, he knew about that. That's why he, the, the parable is in, in the scripture and we have to be able to understand what they what they can say and what they can't say because we have the documents available to us and the the point here is not to jump ship during the storm because you're going to die immediately if you leave that vehicle for salvation there's no other vehicle for salvation this is the meaning of extra ecclesiam nulla salus if you think you're going to be saved by some other vehicle, you're wrong. This is the only game in town. And behind all of these dithering bishops and their, their flunkies who are in the pay or be blackmailed by Jews, either intellectually or physically, behind them all, there is Jesus Christ extending his hand and trying to help you out through the, the church he founded uh, in spite of the fact that it's run by people who uh, either betray him or deny him, as two of the apostles did during Holy Week.
3: Okay, all right. Uh, Next caller, we have Thomas. Go ahead. You there, Thomas? I saw you unmute yourself. Last chance, Thomas, you there, are you talking? Ask. Ask. I, I can see your mic, your mic's working, but something's off. Ask your question in the chat and uh, I'll try to pick it up uh, later in the show. Uh, okay, let's go to someone else, Cy- Cypher Zone? Cypher Zone, all right, go ahead.
2: Okay, uh, I just want to ask uh, Mr. Jones, uh, I think his last work, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, The Dangers of Beauty, yes. and I would like to know what else he's, what else he's writing, uh, what's his next major
4: work. Uh, thank you very much.
0: The book I've written since then is The Holocaust Narrative. We are doing the index right now. As soon as the index is done, we will send it to the printer. And at that point, we should have uh, copies for sale within about six weeks. Inshallah, as the my Iranian friends say. So that's that's the plan. That's what we're going to talk about. It's important because every, one of the true things that the Australian bishop said in their ridiculous document walking together was that... Uh, the church has changed its teaching on this issue in light of the Holocaust. That is absolutely true. That's a damning admission on their part, but uh, they said it. And that's why the Holocaust narrative is important. Because it got, the whole story got imposed on the Catholic church as, and now it's uh, right up there with the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, and it has no uh, no foundation in the magisterium. It's not a magisterial doc doctrine the magisterial document doctrine is nostra estate. what you have is a program based on a misinterpretation or of that document or a, an interpretation based on a word anti-semitism which has never been defined that's that's the problem that's why the holocaust narrative is important because it is basically the the one story that ends all discussion the jews know that and so they begin every discussion by saying, I have relatives who died in the Holocaust, and that's a way of shutting you up. And if they don't shut you up uh, and you're in a place like uh, England or Germany, they will throw you in jail. So that's why it's important. It will be out, uh, I would say, before the beginning of the summer.
3: All right. Um, let's see. Oh, what, we'll get one more. There are not many questions in chat. Usually we go to 45 let's do yeah let's do one or two more here via the chat audio and then we'll go to text let's see mz mz go ahead and hold on
1: yeah go ahead and speak MZ. Uh, hello can you hear me i can uh, excuse me uh here in iran uh, it's one o'clock and it's nice I can't speak uh, very loudly right. it's a real pleasure to speak with you uh, uh, I'm Milad uh, and today is my birthday and I wanted to ask you that why a Christian should confess to his son to his sins isn't uh, isn't the God covering our sins from others and uh, why a priest should know our sins isn't it sufficient to confess in our heart and request forgiveness from God in solitude. Thank you.
0: Okay. Good question. Uh, God, you're not telling God, uh, when you confess your sins, you're not telling God anything that he doesn't already know. Okay. God is omniscient. Okay. This is for your benefit and not for God's benefit. Because uh, oftentimes, if we just leave it in within our minds, uh, and we do not act on it by publicly, in some sense, confessing it, uh, it, it starts to, it, it, you can't, you're not discharging the, the the issue here. Jesus Christ knew that, okay? The sacraments are physical. Uh, penance, confession is one of those sacraments. They are physical signs, okay? Because we are physical beings, and we need some type of physical uh, 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 support, some physical type of confirmation for what we are doing, rather than just something going on in our mind. I don't know whether you you know this or whether you experience experienced this, but I have experienced this as a, as a writer. Uh, for example, when I have an idea, in my mind, I have to act on that idea. I have to externalize that idea by putting it down on paper, by organizing it, by externalizing it. Once it gets on paper, it's real. Okay, And I'm saying that the same type of psychological process applies to the confession. You have to externalize it in order to make it real. You have to act on what you know, otherwise it doesn't become real. And once you act on what you know by externalizing it, you have to have another person understanding what you're saying and so that he can register what you're saying and then give you the absolution from your sins that christ has commissioned him to do i'm saying the it's not just the the muslims or or who who have gone down this route the christians have done it as well the big catastrophe for christianity was the reformation And one of the catastrophic effects of the Reformation was basically the abolition of the sacrament of confession. Uh, And uh, it was enough. It became purely mental at this point. And once it becomes purely mental, it takes a hold on you and you cannot get rid of it. And now I'm I'm talking about psychology now. and I'm talking about the master of understanding this was Nathaniel Hawthorne, who was not a Catholic. Uh, his daughter became a Catholic. I'm dealing with this right now as another something that I'm involved in writing right now. And if you read the book, uh, the Scarlet letter, you will understand what happens when you don't make some type of public confession. It destroys you. The sin and the guilt cannot be discharged privately, and it will eventually destroy you and kill you. And that's been the problem with Protestant denominations ever since the Reformation, ever since they broke with sacramental confession, you've got this buildup of guilt until uh, finally it becomes intolerable, and then there's some type of mass reaction. The great uh, Great Awakening that took place in the eighteenth century uh, in the Connecticut River Valley, I think was a manifestation of this inability to go to confession. You go to uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's last novel uh marble fawn that's another example of it the scarlet letter is a novel about the psychological effects when you cannot go to confession when you cannot confess your sin when you cannot externalize the guilt by expressing it to some some other person who has the ability not only to understand what you're saying to talk to you about it and help you to understand it but then to forgive it to erase it that's a power that only god has And God delegated it. Jesus Christ delegated it to his ministers in the Catholic Church in some type of sacramental formal uh, option, a sacrament. And basically, if you want that, if you want that relief, there's only one place to go. You have to go to the man who has God's power delegated to him. And that's the priest in the Catholic Church.
3: Okay, uh, now now is the time in the show to where we go to uh, chats via text. Uh, The 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 uh, Telegram just crashed out of nowhere. Uh, So sorry to you all there. I just I just started going, but I also noticed that. uh, Hold on, mute. Let's see. No, I I didn't mute participants. Oh, hey, I didn't mute participants. Is there is there there a a
0: follow up? That guy from Iran. Does he have a follow up? Do you have a follow
3: up real quick, MZ? Any follow
1: up? I, no. Uh, uh, when you were speaking. Uh, this became cut, uh, and for moments I became out of here. Uh, uh, you were saying I understood what you said. I want to say that uh, can we uh, uh, do it with no other person? Uh, is it real? needed to say something to another person. Thank
0: you. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump to uh, the cozy chat and text chat and telegram uh, right now. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. Do- Dr. Jones, the, the telegram chat just like disappeared out of nowhere. Just like just shut down. I just, okay, I boosted it back up. But okay, this will work. We'll work with what we got. I think we'll, we'll just go to cozy. Okay, uh, from Cozy, from, here we are, from, uh, oh, uh, from Gen X Catholic, E. Michael Jones, as a Philly native, what is your go-to cheesesteak pot or spot?
0: This is a classic uh, Philadelphia question. The classic uh, place was Pat's on South Street. Uh, or down South Philly somewhere. Maybe it's not on South Street. Anyway, I never I never thought they were very good, but there were uh, pizzerias all over the place in Philadelphia that really would create uh, great cheesesteaks because they had access to fresh ingredients, which you can only get in Philadelphia. So uh, to be honest with you, I can't even remember the names of all these places. There was a place in Glenside that was great. There was a place on the main line that was great. I don't even remember their names anymore because I haven't lived there in over 40 years.
3: Uh, from the cheddaring, E. Michael Jones, what are your thoughts on altar Girls?
0: Uh, we, I was there at the older Girl Synod, so-called altar Girl Synod in Rome in the mid-80s. Uh, the, the, the intent here on the part of the American bishops who were the main promoters of this thing was to be a foot in the door and a step toward women's ordination. They admitted this in these secret meetings beforehand. that were held at St. Mary's College. Uh, Brian Hare announced that uh, you know uh, the uh, the church had to learn from America when it came to the treatment of women it was clear and and so when we got there they put it to the church vote of the senate and the senate rejected it and then it got smuggled in through the back door anyway so it's always been uh, an attempt to undermine the uh, male priesthood that's all it is today the- sorry for the the unfortunate girls that got lured into this but you know what, what am i going to do
3: uh, question from Based Edge: uh, What is your favorite song uh, that you've written? My favorite is the Blue Light Special.
0: Uh, I my in ba- basically my idea of my favorite song is irrelevant. But when I was at uh, singing at Fiddler's Hearth, uh, they requested the Daylight Savings tom- song a lot, and I never recorded it. <laughs> so it's probably my most popular song in south bend and uh, it's probably the only song that ever got written about daylight savings time uh, and uh um, i haven't recorded it i have to come back now that i'm doing second editions of my books so i'll probably have to do a second edition of the of my cd by the way uh thanks to john knowles of gettysburg uh who played uh, invited me to speak there uh, he played some Irish music. We got together after my speech and played Irish music. He's gotten me playing Irish music again, so thanks, Jonathan, playing along with his CD. So maybe we will do a, another CD, inshallah.
3: Yeah, we, we were about to have you uh play some live music. Is as...
0: I, yeah, my band, I can't get my band back together again.
3: I guess that's the hard part, right? That's the hard part. That's the hard part, all right. Um, let's see here uh blah, 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 blah. from post bills uh dr jones do you think saint justin martyrs dialogue with uh, trifo is a good example of how to explain the faith to a jew
0: sure why not
3: could you explain that for people who don't know
0: no i can't oh, okay. because it's i mentioned it in the jewish revolutionary spirit and i've totally forgotten what the, what it went for but i remember it was some type of positive type of thing it's in the jewish revolutionary spirit so buy the jewish revolutionary spirit and get it from you know the the full unadulterated version all
3: right uh quick one from telegram from keon uh i have a question do you believe that there that, that we are very close to the second coming of our lord jesus christ and i also want to know about your vision uh about the Catholic uh, civilizing mission civilizing mission of Portugal and Spain.
0: Are we close to the second coming? Yeah. No one knows the day or the hour. I think we are close to the dissolution of the American empire. Uh, when empires collapse, it's always seen as the end of the world. St. Jerome's felt that that when the Roman empire was on the verge of collapse, he couldn't imagine a world without the... Roman Empire. Uh, let's look at it positively. I keep quoting this thing from uh, Hegel: "The Euler von Minerva uh, fliegt erst bei einbrechender Dämmerung." I think that's a rough, uh, I, as I remember it. The owl of Minerva takes flight first with the uh, cu- the breaking of when twilight when the coming of twilight what does he mean by that i think he means that uh, twilight it's talking about the twilight of the empire the twilight of the age uh when the things that were certain during the daylight during the high noon of the empire are no longer certain and once those things are no longer certain these dogmas to use a religious term the dogmas the cultural constructs that to create this empire, like the Holocaust narrative, that's an example of one of these dogmas. Once that starts to break up, what you see is the owl of Minerva taking flight. The Minerva is the goddess of wisdom. And so wisdom rises up out at, at twilight of the empire. That's what we're experiencing right now. It's another word of saying that Logos is rising now. Now that all of those certainties that we had about the pillars of the empire are no longer certain. Uh, We don't believe what Walter Cronkite says. He's dead and gone. But there was a time when everybody believed what Walter Cronkite said. Those days are gone. We have a situation where uh, uh, Seymour Hersh is publishing on Substack and the New York Times is publishing propaganda, straight up propaganda from the CIA. All of these things are moments of opportunity for a true understanding of reality i'm saying there is a true reality out there that's why i wrote logos rising that's why i wrote dangers of beauty that's why i've written every one of my books that there is a logos an order to the universe and it can be known by the human mind and uh, the best the best thing that's happening right now is the human mind is being disencumbered it is being liberated from these dogmas and concepts that were necessary to hold the empire together. So there's never been a better time to get a clearer understanding of Logos than when the owl of Minerva flies at twilight.
3: All right, uh, from Southpild uh Hi, Dr. Jones, have you attempted to debate any rabbis about the Holocaust? Might you do so once your book comes out?
0: We'll see. We'll see when the book comes out. if If I'm invited to talk, uh, rabbis are not good at debate. Jews are not good at debate. So uh, we'll see what happens when the book comes out.
3: Do you think Charles Moskowitz?
0: Charles has said he wants to talk to me when the book comes out. so i've I've been, you know more or less successful talking to him uh, over the past uh, couple of years, so we'll see. maybe maybe we'll have a discussion. It's up to him.
3: Uh, from Kingfish AF, uh, Dr. Jones, are you familiar with the Daily Jewish Rabbinical Liturgy, Brickat Hemamim, blessing of the heretics or blessing on the heretics?
0: No, no, I'm not familiar with it. All
3: right, that sounds sounds interesting. Um, uh, oh, a question from our Iranian friend. I think this was a bit of a follow up. Um, is it is it really needed to tell the sin to another person? Um, if I excuse from God in my heart hurts me. So he's, he's probably asked, like, this. Just, just yeah, is I think, he, I think I covered,
0: I think I covered this, uh, when I, in my long discussion, I'm saying, I'm saying if, if you're skeptical about what I said about the necessity for sacramental confession, I recommend that you read the scarlet letter because that's uh, a man who was dealing with this idea uh, firsthand. It was an existential question for him. And, and he's, the ma- he's the master psychologist about repression. When you're talking about repression of guilt, you cannot repress it. The guilty flee where none pursueth. You, the, 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 the murderer always returns to the scene of the crime because he wants to be caught he wants to be caught he wants to hand himself in that is the dynamic behind uh, the scarlet letter it's a dynamic behind uh, you're anyone who thinks that he can suppress guilt now that being said there is a group of people that has been suppressing guilt for 2000 years now uh, the jews uh, who uh, first of all uh, incurred the guilt that, of killing christ of killing the messiah and then shortly after that uh, had their temple destroyed which was the way they uh, basically, uh, dealt with guilt uh, because, through animal sacrifice to God. That's gone. They and so how do you deal with guilt? And the, the conclusion we have to draw is they projected it onto other people, and that's what they've been doing for two thousand years, and that's what they're doing now. You know, with all of their isms, like you're guilty of homophobia, you're guilty of transphobia, you're guilty of anti-Semitism. You're guilty, it's like one thing after another, always trying to whip some type of guilt on us because they're projecting their own guilt onto the to the Goyim because they don't have any other way of dealing with it. So that's an aggressive way of dealing with. It. You can read Hawthorne about the 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 self. Uh, 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 what should I say? the self-denying, the self-attacking way of dealing with guilt that you find in Dimsdale, But uh, I'm trying to say to our Iranian friends, you need some type of externalization. And the man who did this, in, in a sense, who secularized the whole thing was Sigmund Freud. And psychoanalysis is basically nothing but Catholic confession uh, for profit now. It's a for-profit operation now, which you can read in uh, libido dominandi you want the details of that it's in libido dominandi
3: and if i could interject uh, that this this uh this act of like animal sacrifice and guilt and the complex of sin kind of still exists to this day that you heard about the the recent uh occurrences in, in israel on the temple mount there's some jews who are trying to sacrifice a goat right did you
0: hear about this I heard that there was some trouble in the, uh, the yeah, mosque. Yeah, it
3: all, it all, so these, these people for two that, they still have the, they still have the guilt. Okay. They still have the complex and they're still trying to sacrifice goats. So it all, the, the mosque, the, on, on this, you know, the, the mosque on the Temple Mount is the second most holy spot in, in Islam. So these, they were very, they were very mad that the Jews were trying to sacrifice a goat, which is a pagan ritual to them. Right. And then they started throwing rocks and then the IDF came and then there was fireworks and then they were beat up. And then this is one of the most tense, uh, situations in Israel that have, that's occurred in the past 40 years. Um, right. Because, so because if, of
0: that. If, to get back to my, the, my the, the caller who asked me if there's a, if the second coming is near, when I hear things like that, I have to think about the second coming. The Jews are going to uh, attempt to rebuild their temple uh, uh they are not going to succeed but they, if they do then uh it will be the reign of antichrist and that will usher in the the, the final days. so that's a, a theological issue that i comes to my mind whenever i hear what's going on in israel in the temple Mount.
3: okay um let's see another question uh dr jones do you believe that man went to the moon
0: all I'll say uh, in this regard is that I, I saw a video about the uh, faking the moon landing. It was a very persuasive video, but I've never done any research into this, so I don't have any official position on it.
3: Okay. Well, it's uh, six o'clock. Keep going.
0: Yeah, let's do a few more.
3: Okay. Um, oh, someone just asked, "What's your opinion on?" Yeah, I guess. Well, what's your opinion on the riots? I guess that was your opinion. Might be the second coming.
0: The riots in, uh, on the uh, Temple Mount? Yeah. Yeah, the question is, uh, what what we're seeing across the board is a sense of Jewish desperation. The, the, the old formulae are not working. The whole, you know, invoking the Holocaust as a way of shutting down arguments. is not working anymore. And the same type of thing is happening in Israel. They're huge uh, demonstrations. Uh, the, it, it, there's a there's a specter haunting uh, Israel just like as Karl Marx said there was a specter haunting uh, Europe at the time and the, it's the the idea that no Jewish kingdom has lasted longer than 80 years and we're now up to 75 I am the same age as the state of Israel uh, and so there is this sense of of dissolution of, of doom just over the horizon And uh, this demonstration, it seems to me, is a manifestation of that type of fear. You know, St. Paul said, when I am weak, I am strong. Well, the opposite of St. Paul would be the Jews that tried to kill him. uh, And they would have to say, since they're the opposite, that when I am strong, I am weak. And so you're seeing this manifestation of Jews just lashing out across the board, no matter where it is. Uh, whether it's Israel, whether it's over here, hate crimes. Uh, there's even reports. And I just saw a report saying the Jews, are, the Israelis are now saying they're going to attack Iran. They don't need America. This is desperation. They, for Netanyahu spent his entire political career trying to get uh, the United States to attack Iran uh, on a suicide mission uh, so that he wouldn't and his Jewish buddies wouldn't have to shed their blood for uh, Jewish uh, political interests. Uh, now they're even they're they're going crazy. Everybody's going crazy. So it's good to be uh, level-headed in a moment like this.
3: Uh, let's see, from uh, from cozy, where was it? It was a question. Ah, from uh, from from uh, British Harry. Question for those in the UK regarding the British uh, Church of uh, regarding the Church of England and the monarchy. How can Catholics stand against them?
0: Stand against them,
3: yes, the Church of England and the monarchy
0: they're they're both going out of existence as far as I can tell, little by little, the Church of England uh under Queen Elizabeth did nothing. she was the head of the Church of England she did nothing to stop the moral and social decay that has destroyed the English uh, social fabric uh she didn't oppose abortion she didn't oppose uh the promotion of homosexuality uh, across the board—you're going to see the the Protestant churches uh, basically losing their hold on reality. They took uh, Catholic patrimony out of the Catholic Church 500 years ago. They've existed for 500 years. They that what patrimony they had has evaporated. It's become empty. Uh, they, in the Scandinavian countries, they are no longer the established church. It's only a matter of time. And so you just have to present some type of positive alternative and people will uh, come over to the church. And eventually England is going to have to be faced with the, with the, the choice between uh, restoring the Catholic faith or becoming extinct. It's a situation in Ireland as well. It's a obviously a different situation but uh, the irish are either going to have to come back to the catholic faith or they will be ethnically cleansed and disappear the germans are in the same situation it's it's desperate desperate times and they we need desperate measures we have to turn to god in our need and ask him for help and that's what that means in these countries uh
3: from uh virka goish kampf um question uh uh, I am friends with many Christians who are pro-life and anti-global homo, but are also super philosemitic. They don't know or care that abortion and the global homo agenda are fundamentally Jewish values. What's the best way to educate them about this? Should I even try?
0: Yeah, I think you should bring it up in conversation and say, how can you do this? I mean, I've done this. I, you're talking. I don't know where you're from, but that's the situation in Oklahoma. They're really pro-life and they're really pro, pro-Zionist, uh, pro, pro-Israel. And you have to sit down with them and say, there's a contradiction here. There's a contradiction here. And they are using you. They're manipulating you uh, to uh, because you don't understand the contradiction. And I've had experiences where people finally said to me, yeah, when I understood what you were saying, I had to change. And so they were evangelicals. That's where this is happening. The evangelical churches have been corrupted by the, the Schofield Bible and the notes which are written, you know, for Jews, pretty much by Jews. Louis Untermeyer and the Jewish establishment in New York were very influential in the promotion of this Bible. Uh, it's not an accurate understanding of, of the gospel. Uh, the gospel is, you know, we are the, we are the new Israel. We, the followers of Jesus Christ. The evangelicals don't understand that because they don't have a clear understanding of what the church is and understand that the church is not something you can do when you rent a storefront and just set yourself up as a minister. The Catholic church is the church that Jesus Christ founded. That's the only church that has the sacraments as the source of grace that will save you in the end. The others, I'm glad you're talking and reading the Bible and so on and so forth, but uh, you don't have the sacraments and you're going to pay a price for that lack if you're perdurer in that type of dead end situation
3: uh good question from codcath i think this is cuz you mentioned how the jews worship moloch codcath is asking uh, is the jewish religion polytheistic
0: <sighs> the jewish religion Which Jewish religion are you talking about? Are you talking about the Torah or are you talking about the Talmud? The Torah is clearly monotheistic. Okay, that is the Old Testament. That is our, in a sense, our scripture, our meaning, the scripture of the Catholic Church. If you're talking about uh, post uh, the Talmudic religion that got created five, three to six hundred years after the death of Christ, uh, you're talking about something that is constantly changing over time. And so what they worship depends on when you're talking about worshiping, when, who's worshiping it and when. So it, in the mid 19th century, at the time of the rise of nationalism, Moses Hess said "The um, the Jewish people are going to become its own messiah the Jewish people will save itself. Well, he's a communist. This is obviously he was talking at being influenced by Karl Marx and these type of people. And if the Jewish people, uh, is God, well then I guess they're polytheist, aren't they? Because they're worshiping a whole whole different group of people. That's all I'm saying is you have to be specific about the time you're talking about. If you're talking about now and you're talking about, uh, uh, people saying that abortion is a fundamental Jewish value, then those people who call themselves Jews are Moloch worshipers. But as I said, you have to t- figure out which Jew you're talking about. And, and you can only do that by talking about locating it in at a particular time and place in history.
3: All right. I want to do, uh, one more, what do, want- do one more? Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Good question from uh, Cozy Dave C8. Advise please, on how to raise my kids in these times of degeneracy and Catholic internal controversy.
0: Okay, first of all, you have to cut yourself off from preserve cut your children off from the mass media. Now when I was raising my children, it was easy because I just said we're not going to have a television and that was the main conduit of a mass mind and uh, it was simple. it was simple it, it worked. Uh, and uh, if they wanted to watch television, they, they would go to someone else's house, but they knew even when they did that, they knew it didn't have the approval of their father. And so that had an effect. And so we preserved ourselves. Uh, we would, I would read books. My wife has read books. My wife is now reading books to our grandchildren. I read the Lord of the Rings to my children, that type of thing. We did music and this filled the vacuum. Okay, that's what you gotta do. The other problem is the Catholic church, in the state of disarray and so you should go to your local parish and just hope you get someone who would is uh, not an ideologue uh unfortunately there are ideologues here and then you got to deal with that wh- when you approach it um it shouldn't be that way but it is that way And so you're going to have to, you have the primary responsibility for raising your children. You can't delegate it to anyone else. You've got that responsibility. And if the people that you should be delegating it to, like the educational system, are as bad as they are today, you cannot do that anymore. And you have to take responsibility. Now, that could mean at a Catholic school, if they give you a bad book, a bad catechism, then you've got to go and protest and then you got to fight with them. And that's not a good situation. And if they, if they comp- are intransigent, then, then you have to leave. And so what happens is that when enough people leave, they start their own schools. And that's what we're seeing now in, in South Bend. Indiana is very liberal when it comes to vouchers. And so this naturally leads to uh, parents being able to get together and form their own schools. Uh, and uh, I think that's, it, we, you know, we did, We did homeschooling uh, with my three youngest children. It was successful in a way it wasn't with my two older children. Uh, But it's a last resort. Uh, It worked for them. It may not work for you, uh, but the best solution would be a good school uh, with like-minded people who understand, uh, have a clear understanding of the Catholic faith uh, and can have teachers who, who will teach that to the kids. So you've got to instill in your children the fact that this is no matter how it seems at first view this is a predatory culture that is looking to destroy you uh, by subjugating you to your own passions by various ways usury student loans all this other type of stuff you have to give them a sense of wariness when they approach the dominant culture and then if you do i think that uh, you will raise them successfully.
3: Well, there we are. All right. Well, we're nearing the end of EMJ Live. Uh, remember, these uh, quick announcements for y'all. EMJ Live is every Friday at 5 Eastern Standard Time. We're live on Odyssey, Rumble, Cozy, and Telegram. Uh, if you don't have the magazine, if you don't subscribe to the magazine, go to culturewars.com. Do that today. Uh, all of Dr. Jones' can be, uh, books can be found at fidelitypress.org. Subscribe to the Telegram. Subscribe to the Cozy. Subscribe to everything Follow us everywhere. We're on Twitter, Gab, all those other things. And next week, God willing, the plan is to have Rachel Fulton Brown and Milo with Dr. Jones discussing the most recent published book, The Dangers of Beauty. So going to be a big show next week. Tell your friends, everyone, come live. I don't think we'll do questionnaires. Are we going to do questions, Dr. Jones, is that too much?
0: We'll play it by ear. We'll
3: play it by ear. Yeah, come either way. Uh, those are my announcements what do you got dr jones Let's
0: i just work. want to tell everyone to uh that again it's it's a good friday uh and spend the rest of the weekend the triduum uh, meditating on christ's passion and how it freed us from the bondage to sin and how that's a good thing and uh, how god's in charge of human history and he's not going to abandon us To the enemies who 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 killed him, Uh, the proof of that is the resurrection. They thought they had him. They thought they killed him, and he rose from the from the dead on the third day, and that's the sign of our hope as well. So spend the rest of the weekend meditating on our redemption and his passion. All
3: right, guys. Y'all have a good weekend. Good Easter. God bless. Goodbye.